Welcome to Haystacks in Hell, an ex-Adventist podcast where we tell stories about growing up Seventh-day Adventist, leaving faith behind, and building new, fulfilling lives. Do you have a favorite veggie meat? As a once vegetarian and now meat eater, I will say that I still cannot get enough of the Morning Star buffalo chicken tenders. They're so no. good. My favorite veggie hot dog is obviously, and this is the correct choice for everyone, is Veggie Links. I'm going to start with hot dogs because that's obviously the wrong choice. Linkettes are the best, and everybody knows that. It's <laughs> a universal fact Linkettes are the best. Bullshit. Welcome back to Haystacks and Hell. I'm your host, Santiago, and today we've got a bit of a shorter episode. So far, we've been talking about some pretty heavy topics. So for this episode, we're going to take a more lighthearted and high-level look at Adventist culture in the U.S. If you've got any stories to share around this, especially if you're outside the U.S., we'd love to hear them. Before I forget, make sure to follow the show by subscribing on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Links to this and more are in the show notes. I also want to encourage you to check out our website at hell.bio. There is a resources page with links to great books, films, and shows, and other relevant podcasts. And there's also some new links to mental health professionals who specialize in religious trauma. Each episode also has full written transcripts on the website. And the goal here is to make this podcast accessible to folks who are deaf or hard of hearing. And also, if you want to read in another language, you can use Google Translate to follow along. I also want to point out that there's a brand new stories page where we're highlighting stories submitted by listeners like you. Even though we may share some things in common, everyone's experience is unique, and you never know how your story could help somebody else. So if you have something to share, I hope you'll consider sharing it with us so we can bring your story to others. So overall, when I think of SDA culture, I tend to think of it in three main buckets. There's everyday life, life during the Sabbath hours, and community. And when I think about my everyday life as an Adventist, one of the first things that usually comes to mind is the health message and being a vegetarian. My mom was very health conscious, and so I was born and raised vegetarian. Uh, She was not raised vegetarian. She is a first-generation Adventist, so she became vegetarian after she converted to Adventism and learned about the health message. My dad was also a first-generation Adventist, and he converted later on, so he had to get used to going from being a meat-eater to being a vegetarian. But I never had to deal with that transition. It's just basically what I've known my whole life. So I think that's a big reason why I'm actually still, for the most part, a vegetarian today. I've definitely had some meat while eating out and while traveling for the experience. And to be honest, I've really enjoyed some of the meals I've had. My default is still being a vegetarian, I think, just because it's really all I've known and it's what comes most naturally to me. I know not everyone likes veggie meat, but many ex-Adventists still do, and I'm one of them. So at the end of this episode, you're going to hear some pretty strong preferences and differences in opinion around uh, which veggie hot dog is the best. It's been a minute since I've had uh, a veggie hot dog, but... I'd probably go with Big Frank's because I think that's usually what I've had. Anyway, 
Before I leave this topic, I have to say that I am very disappointed with Morningstar for changing the original Griller's recipe. I used to love eating them as is, just by themselves, but also as a burger, and especially as veggie fajitas. But they are now trash, if you ask me. So if anyone from Morningstar happens to listen to this, please do something about it. I know I'm not the only one. I've heard comments from other people that recognized the recipe change and also want it to go back to how it was. So anyway, another thing I can think of is not drinking coffee or or caffeine in general. This was one point of contention that my mom had and still has to some degree with my dad. He grew up drinking coffee and that is something he hasn't been able to shake I'm kind of 50-50. I'll have coffee every now and then, but it's absolutely not a habit for me. Still not something that I do regularly. Obviously, no alcohol as a kid or even as a young adult, not until I left the church. It's kind of like with coffee. I do enjoy some drinks here and there, but uh, I'm still not very familiar with all of the different options that are out there. And uh, I've only gone blackout once. One of these days, I'll tell that story. Another thing I can think of is no dancing. And this is one that I'm very disappointed about. I didn't really care about it growing up. It was nothing that really appealed to me. And I think a big part of that was because I recognized that I didn't know how to do it and probably would have felt awkward trying to do it. But uh, it's very disappointing to me, especially having a Latina mom who did grow up dancing and who participated in some really beautiful cultural dances as a teenager. So one of these days, I'm going to start taking lessons, and I'll eventually get confident to go out there on the dance floor. Another big one that I know many Adventists have grown up with is not going to the movies. The first time I ever went to a movie theater, I think I was in middle school, And I actually kind of lied about what I was going to do. This was one of my more, I guess you could say, rebellious phases (laughs) in life uh, before I went back to being very conservative and very committed. And this was with a more liberal Adventist. But it was definitely not something that I did often. And it's not really something I do today, especially with streaming. I don't know. I don't really feel I don't really feel like going out to the theater that often. Another big one is no jewelry. Later in this episode, you're going to hear Abby, Amy, and Alex talk about their parents having engagement watches instead of engagement rings. And this is something that my parents also did. I don't know about you and and your parents and your family, but uh, in my case, definitely no jewelry of any kind. My mother grew up Catholic, so she did have her ears pierced as a girl, But uh, any sort of jewelry was definitely frowned upon in our household. And I would say probably in our church as well. It's not something I really noticed that often. Since then, my brother and I have developed a healthy appreciation for jewelry. Um, I've got a couple necklaces and a couple rings I'll wear here and there. Another big one was no tattoos. That is one that my mom is still very much against. And uh, I do have one tattoo so far. She saw it by accident shortly before I told her that I had left the church and religion in general. So that's another fun story I can tell in the future. And uh, even though I've only got one so far, I'm definitely looking forward to getting more. So those are some of the things that come to mind in terms of everyday life. 
obviously, as an Adventist and as a Christian, we prayed and we had daily devotionals. There were definitely periods of my life where I was more or less committed to these things. And that's kind of what I was alluding to in the first episode where I said I wasn't always the most spiritual person. I definitely became more spiritual and leaned in further into that right as I started to deconstruct and eventually deconvert. But uh, I definitely remember praying before every meal and often praying before we would go drive somewhere. The funny thing to me is one of the last times I remember my mom praying before she was going to drive us somewhere, she was backing out of our driveway as our neighbor was backing out of their driveway. And her prayer was just long enough. I kid you not. Her prayer was just long enough so that by the time she finished and started backing up, the neighbors started backing up at the same time and they ended up hitting each other. So yeah, if anything, she would have actually avoided that accident if she hadn't prayed. So moving on to life during the Sabbath hours, we always observed Sabbath from Friday sunset to Saturday sunset. And one thing I would always tease my mom about is that she insisted on celebrating the new year at sunset. My brother and I would typically wait until it was midnight, but she always said, hey, the sun has set. It's a new day. It's the new year. So I don't know. I don't know if any of your parents did that or any of your church members, but that was something I experienced with my mom. Um, We always had family worship on Friday night and Saturday night. And one of the things I remember about the Sabbath was just this morning rush to get to Sabbath school on time. Uh, My dad was a Sabbath school superintendent and a Sabbath school teacher. So he was always kind of stressed out and rushing everyone, which in turn stressed out my mom, which in turn stressed out me and stressed out my brother. I remember hearing on the radio a more mainstream Christian preacher talking about this idea of the Sabbath and Adventists specifically. And and he said, you know, Sabbath is supposed to be a day of rest, but for many people, it's actually not a day of rest. And and it kind of resonated with that when I heard it, because it's true for, for many of us, especially if we had volunteer roles within the church, Sabbath was anything but rest, at least for that morning time and throughout the church service. Uh, And then usually it did become literal rest where my parents would be napping. And sometimes I would even be tired enough that I would also take a nap in the afternoon. So yeah, that's something I definitely don't miss. I love sleeping in now and I wouldn't trade that in for the world. Obviously on Sabbath, we wouldn't buy things. There was no sports, no TV. One thing I noticed that was a little bit different between me and maybe some more liberal Adventists was this idea of not eating out on the Sabbath as well. I had a more liberal Adventist friend who talked about going to restaurants with their family after church. And my mind was blown when I heard that because I was like, wait, you're buying? You're, you're doing business on Sabbath? You're, you're having other people work for you? And of course, the funny thing is, is if you've ever been to an Adventist campground or Adventist school, obviously there's jobs that have to be done around the clock and people still got to eat on Sabbath morning. 
and for lunch and dinner. Even within Adventist institutions, there were people buying uh, and working on Sabbath. I was kind of sheltered from that. So it was it was an interesting thing for me to see how some Adventists had a little bit more of a different view on that. For that reason, we'd usually have lunch at home. Sometimes we'd stay for potluck, but I've noticed over the years that my family is kind of introverted, so we didn't always stay. And that leads me into talking a little bit about community and this idea of a, of a church family. My church was a pretty multicultural church because it's on the West Coast and because we were in a somewhat larger city. And so I definitely appreciated that about growing up in in that church. But for me, the idea of church family was kind of always a bit superficial. Even to this day, I only have one person at my old church that I would consider a true friend and that I'm still in touch with and knows about my deconversion. But despite that, I would definitely say that my church was very friendly. I remember as a teenager going to movie night and game night at different people's houses. We would usually get invited to people's homes for that or for lunch after Sabbath. And we would also invite people to our home sometimes. One time in particular that stands out is there were some visitors to our church that came from another state. And because they were new in town, they didn't know anybody, they didn't have anywhere to go. We invited them over for lunch and they stayed for hours. I was playing video games after sunset with their son and we became pretty good friends. And at one point I even traveled and spent part of the summer at their home. So I just remember them being very friendly, very hospitable people. And that's one of the things I appreciate about Adventism and this concept of community. There are some pretty close friendships that you're able to make. And assuming that there's more there than just your common religious beliefs and worldview, those are some friendships that you'll carry for life. But I've got to say that I've also been able to find that outside of the church. My best friend and his family are very hospitable I've stayed over at their place multiple times, and I've felt just as welcome, if not even more welcome, by them than some of the people that I met in church. So it definitely exists. It may not be as common, or you may not find it as often, but it definitely is out there. And one of the things you'll hear in a bit in Abby and Amy's episode is that there is a flip side to that, right? If if you're ostracized, and if you're kicked out of the community— All of that warmth and friendship that was there is then suddenly taken away from you. So hopefully going forward, we're all able to make friendships and connections that aren't like that. The last thing I'll say about community is one aspect that's pretty near and dear to my heart still, and that is Pathfinders. I know not everyone had a good experience within Pathfinders, but I personally had a very positive experience. Some of my favorite memories from my time in the Adventist church were the weekend trips, local camperies, and even Oshkosh. I've been to Oshkosh, I want to say at least twice, and those were all overwhelmingly positive experiences. Again, I want to recognize that not everyone had a positive experience, and some people may have even been hurt during their time in Pathfinders. But For me, it was 
definitely a time of growth and it gave me an opportunity to connect with people outside of my local church. One of the things that kind of bothered me a little bit here and there was recognizing that the number of youth in my old church was pretty small. So the opportunity to make friends was just not as big as it might be in larger churches or cities that had a a bigger population of Adventists. So I just remember always getting really excited when I had a chance to go and meet people from other parts of the state and other parts of the country. And, you know, during Oshkosh, even other parts of the world, I remember seeing people running around with flags from all these different countries. And it really made it feel like you were part of this big global movement. And if I'm being honest, that is something that I still think is at its core, a nice idea if you're able to separate that from all of the harm that has been done by the Adventist Church and continues to be done by the Adventist Church. So those are just a couple of my thoughts on Adventist culture. I know this is very high level. We'll definitely dive in deeper to some of these topics later on. And again, this is a limited perspective. I am a straight guy, and I recognize that at least for me personally, I absolutely had an easier time growing up in my church and growing up Adventist than I'm sure a lot of other folks did. So just as a quick reminder, I want to give you an opportunity that if you've had a different experience or just any story you want to share in general, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to amplify your voice and your experience. So you can see the show notes or the website to submit a written story You can see the phone number on the website or show notes if you want to leave a voicemail. And you can also send me a written DM or a voice message on Instagram. On that note, I'm going to turn it over to Abby and Amy's episode so you can hear their experiences and perspectives on Adventist culture. Hi, this is Abby. And this is Amy. And I'm Alex. And you're listening to the Simply Atheist Podcast. This is our third episode, and it is August 11. It's April 11. It's April 11. Is no, it? it's April 13. It's a month that begins with an A. <laughs> I was going to say, you guys are both wrong. We're way off. I'm tired. I'm, I'm about to leave for a trip. Uh, we have Alex here with us this week, who is Amy's husband. I think I'm allowed to say that. I thought yep. we were going to keep it more anonymous than that. Oh, Can I just sorry. be a strange guy? Okay. We'll put a dot over your face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We'll just have a beep every time we say your name. This is beep. <laughs> so today, this will be a little bit shorter episode, but we're, we want to talk to those of you who may be listening to our podcast, who maybe were not raised Adventists, maybe you're coming from some other fundamentalist faith, like, say, Jehovah's Witness or Mormonism, and you don't know what we mean by Adventist lifestyle. Sometimes I have been known to say I'm a cultural Adventist the same way some people are cultural Jews. But I don't believe it anymore, but I still have some instincts that were like hardwired into me at a young age. (laughs) So we were going to talk about what that means. Yeah, I think that especially when I was younger and I was an Adventist, a lot of times when you told someone you were an Adventist, they would say, oh, you guys are all vegetarian, right? You know, there would sort of be a conception of it's confusing. You're like, well, if it chews the cud and has the split hoof, (laughs) you're allowed to eat meat, but some people are going to kind of treat you like 
you are not quite as you're not as holy pure and holy as if you did not eat meat. But you can be part of the club. It's sort of like first class versus economy class. <laughs> wow. I never thought about it like that. I knew Adventists who were really militant about it and like acted like you weren't in a real Adventist if you ate meat. Or- my, my parents very much were, my mom, more than my dad, he actually now probably, I think he eats meat. My mom was very much like, you can eat meat if you really want to, but don't get used to it because they're not going to have that in heaven. <laughs> yes, yes. And my mom, at the end of time, the animals will be really diseased. And so you shouldn't really? get a taste for this because in the end times. Wow, that's getting Wow, we are going to have to have an end of times episode In at the some point. end times, we will have lots of Worthington available. <laughs> and <laughs> so we will have... A lot of Morningstar Farms. <laughs> the end times. A lot of Adventists are vegetarian, but the thing that is actually... A rule is similar to it's the kosher. dietary restrictions yeah. that, well, that Jews follow. One of the fundamental beliefs of Adventism is a health message, right? So it's based on yes. healthy living, yes. no temperance, no smoking, no drinking. Yeah. No, we went through phases where uh, caffeine was not allowed. Caffeine, mustard was one that we weren't uh, allowed yes, to have. Yes, mustard, we vinegar. So, strong, yeah. Yeah, so the dietary restrictions are meat and specifically no biblically unclean meats, just like if you were a Jew, like from Leviticus 20, I think it is. And, and then you're not supposed to drink caffeine, you're not supposed to drink alcohol, you're not supposed to smoke. And then, like, if you want to get really picky, Ellen White does say that cheese is not a food fit for human consumption. Really? You, you wouldn't know that in the cafeteria. where we weren't allowed to eat cheese. I've eaten pizza with no cheese on it. There was you it, go. Was it any dairy? Uh, yeah, dairy went through phases. We live near the fire department. Let's see, the other weird ones that people don't think about are vinegar. So mustard has vinegar in it, so we're not supposed to I thought that. it was specifically something with with mustard because I, I remember maybe it is pepper is another one it's supposed to be hard on your stomach but like these are things that I don't want to give the listener the impression that all Adventists follow these rules it is a hierarchical thing you, you don't get kicked out of the church for breaking dietary rules if you eat an unclean meat people will definitely look down on you and kind of well, treat you like you're not really an a sin. it's not a sin to eat yes that is treated stuff. as a sin all these other things are sort of gradations so i never had caffeine until i was 21 and in the mission field and wow. was um exposed to tea in taiwan because i was a missionary and, and couldn't say no without being rude and it was lovely and delicious and so <laughs> well to be fair, and I started it wasn't the caffeine, caffeine that was delicious it, it was, was that's not specifically the flavor it of was. the tea and it's oh pearl milk tea with a little uh little eyeballs in it little tapioca snapples oh so and a little good. caffeine garnish yeah it's just, uh, oh it's just it's wonderful I, I like caffeine i do drink now but I'm not very good at it, as I think these two can sure. testify. <laughs> yeah, so it's anyway, it's an overarching health yeah. message, not necessarily... Like, I think a lot of people that I knew thought that the church was super legalistic, like mm-hmm. super, like, mm-hmm. saved by works alone yeah. kind of ideology, which that's, that wasn't the case. We to had be a lot fair, of there was, you were supposed to drink a lot of water, you're supposed yeah. to get enough sleep, you're supposed to get, there's all these other things that, I mean, it really is healthy not to smoke, it really is healthy not to be an alcoholic, like, it's not... Well, yeah. there's all these studies that say that Adventists live longer than... There are. ...than the other... They're the legit because yeah. of the health uh-huh. of uh-huh. the church. Yeah. And, yeah. But to be fair, I think the ones they're testing aren't the ones that are eating 
all of the... A 100% carbohydrate diet. Well, the ones that aren't <laughs> specifically that eating canned veggies. Oh, the worthy, yeah, yeah, yeah. The worthy to high sodium products. <laughs> the, the MSG in a can. The MSG the, in a can. The soy, <laughs> whatever. The Morningstar Farms. <laughs> McKay's seasoning. McKay's seasoning. <laughs> General Washington's broth. Oh my God! If you're a regular person out there, you probably know some weird person that cooks vegan or vegetarian with special ingredients they have to go find in a strange store. All of us grew up around that stuff all the time. Like that. Yeah. Was like it was like it was very very yeah. normal and those foods were very normal i never had meat until i was in my mid-20s i was, was drinking caffeine before i had meat so when i first tasted chicken i was like oh the texture of this is all wrong this tastes <laughs> nothing like chickettes oh is, my god like it sticks to my teeth weird you know and still like veggie meat is what is like the normal thing to me and meat totally. is sort of the exotic odd thing we went back and forth my parents ate meat when I was very small and my dad always did but when I was really young my parents ate meat and my dad always drank coffee and you know all that yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. but again we've already discussed that he was going to hell that, <laughs> you know when I was I actually became a vegetarian my brother and I did when we were probably like six or eight years old because we started raising cows so we actually became vegetarian, not through Adventism, but through being appalled at the idea of killing our pet cows, <laughs> which is completely reasonable. And to be fair, like I, I've read a lot of Ellen White and she actually does address the animal cruelty issue. I have never heard an actual Adventist cite that. that it's not about usually health. a thing. It sometimes no, but she does. The, like, she actually does say, there won't be any killing for mm-hmm, food in heaven, mm-hmm. but not so much a it is cruel to kill and eat an animal yeah. here on Earth. Yeah. But then, of course, like it, as a teenager, I, I started. Souls. Why would we care? <laughs> we started the eating point. meat again when I was a teenager, and then I eventually became a vegetarian again after I left Adventism. But that's a yeah, kind of a weird. You know how to do it. Yeah, it was never that strange to me because that lifestyle was familiar. Every yeah. ex-Adventist I know, there is still some form of veggie meat that they like, like. For sure, uh, like morning star breakfast patties. I eat them almost every morning. Oh, so good. <laughs> so, so they are really good. The maple flavor. They're delicious. They're delicious. Oh, my goodness. The maple flavor are newer. You know, obviously we didn't have those when we were kids. But, oh, my gosh. So good. And chiquettes. I like chiquettes. I've lot. never... What a, a chiquette? They're, they come... Is that, what, is that fried chick? That's it's not a, fried chick. It's not fried chick. They come frozen in a... Um, bullet shaped like a giant suppository shaped thing <laughs> You're and, um, supposed to stick it in your butt you, you, yeah exactly <laughs> it's i know it sounds strange but they're delicious no uh, huh. you you uh, you, un, you put you it in are very different people you let it thaw and then you bread them and fry them and they're oh is it more crunchy like you yeah, yeah. yourself yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, just a little salt and a little um, batter and then you no, and it then doesn't come it. ready to eat out of a can and swimming in its own sauce i'm out that you do have to do some preparation but this was like a family this was something we ate a lot on sabbath afternoons and I was the one who did the frying because I could get them like really crispy around the edges so it was a little bit of an art and a little bit of a my mom actually still makes homemade gluten and a little like it's it's the same it's the same basic Mm. concept that gluten based meat substitute but she she makes it herself which is a really kind of elaborate process process. Um, but yeah that's something that I grew up eating and I kind of Every now and then I'll go home and she'll make it and it's really good to me. Every now and then I, I'm like, I need to have some chiquettes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's something culturally, right? Like yeah, that's, that's exactly. A thing. That's a cultural yeah. 
um, thing that, that I think a lot of people could identify with, maybe not in those weird details, but yeah. they understand going back to home and getting a meal that only mm-hmm. your family cooks, mm-hmm. only our family in that way was yeah. somewhat extended because we had potlucks at yeah. church and there was always veggie meat and there was mm-hmm. always haystacks and there was cottage cheese loaf cottage or special cheese loaf. loaf. My cousin's mother, their, their family was particularly attached to that. And it was good, like the way they made it, but like that's their... I love that, and I I still make it fairly regularly. We still eat that. (laughs) Like I said, we're vegetarian now again, and I love that, and I do still make it. We should put a recipe on. We totally should. Oh, we should. Okay, Um, we're going to put some vegetarian, Adventist vegetarian recipes. When I went to Taiwan, I encountered Buddhist vegetarians, and that was really interesting because they had their own veggie meats and veggie recipes that were completely different from the ones I grew up with. And I had never been around. The difference is those ones were satanic. It's true. It's true. There was a little, that was in one of the recipes that I got. It's down at the bottom. It was like, like, according to my mom, that would be satanic. One teaspoon of Satan's jizz was well, in there at the bottom of the recipe. It's got a real tangy flavor. It's like, it tastes like watered down bleach. I mean, I don't know what jizz tastes like. What? What are we talking about? What is this, a podcast? Keep talking, Alex. Try, try to pass a torch here, guys. <laughs> Let's move along. So, uh, so um, food is one thing. Food is a big one. Another thing I would say is probably the concept of modesty and taken to not just modest dress in terms of not, you know, wearing short skirts and low-cut blouses or something, but modesty in terms of when I was younger in particular, mm. Adventists didn't wear jewelry. Yeah, okay. And so, so for instance, uh, I'm 35 years old and I don't have pierced ears. Yeah. I tried, and you know, that's a big one. And I've never had pierced ears. When I meet Adventists, ex-Adventists in the workplace, I have like a sixth sense for them. You'll toss out a little bit of a question about where you went to college or something and see if they bite. Because like, I'm usually right too. Like, you just just sense them. But one of the things you notice is very little or no jewelry. I always wanted a... um, you're not tragus piercing. The, the one up here is a cartilage piercing at, at the top of your ear. At the top of your ear. And I always wanted one because I thought they were really cool. And I, I got one a few years ago and it never would heal. And I had it for about a year and I thought it was really cute. And it was also incredibly painful and never healed. So I was like, well, God's punishing me clearly <laughs> for piercing my ear. Anyway, it, but it was a source of like, like it was really weird because my parents never acknowledged that it existed. Like I could tell they were upset about it, but then they never wanted to talk about it. And like, the entire time we would do like family stuff and everything and they would never like it just didn't exist that's how, that's how my tattoos were for a while yeah yeah my tattoos right. were like that my parents were like don't I heard I heard like, my father engage. say to my mom don't talk about it uh huh like well I mean I'm happy to talk about it with you guys but yeah so yeah. obviously having tattoos is uh-huh. like jewelry yeah yeah the thing about jewelry was and I don't think that it's a thing now I think that most Adventists now probably are not Really, I think it's still a about thing. And well, some, our yeah. parents' generations didn't, even, didn't even exchange wedding rings. Yeah, it's Southern. It's still a thing on campus. Like it's a point of contention because I hear about it every now and then. Wow. Now you can wear wedding rings. I don't think that's yeah, such that's a big deal. That's not the it was. But my but our parents' generation literally exchanged watches. Yes. Instead yeah. of engagement rings. watches. Well, it was funny because you were the problem with jewelry again was this idea of modesty and mm-hmm. that you were not being frivolous with money you know you're supposed to use your money mm-hmm. to help others and this kind of thing and so if you're spending many hundreds of dollars on jewelry that's wasteful and it is 
showing off and that's bad. But, you know, you also could drive around in your Lexus or something. Yeah. I mean, it's a weird, it's one of those things where hypocrisy was pretty. Was rank. Yeah. No one asked you how much your clothes cost or how much your freaking engagement watch cost. If but it was functional, it was okay. If it wasn't, if that was kind if of it was just decorative. It was not. Yeah, there was a, a culture of inventing these weird rules uh-huh. and then figuring out a way to skirt these weird yes. rules. Yes, Adventists, and I suspect most people from a fundamentalist background are masters of justification rationalization. and rationalization. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> we can rationalize at an Olympic level. <laughs> Yeah. It's really pretty spectacular. Well, okay, so we talked about some of the kind of weird so cultural Sabbath. things. What were some? What were the good cultural things that I think that we took away from that religion that, that are culturally part of us but that aren't so negative? To me, a thing that I still sort of cling to a little bit is I am a huge proponent of the idea of a day of rest. Mm-hmm. And so obviously I don't follow all of the keeping the Sabbath rules, which we'll definitely have to talk about in more yeah. detail. That's its own episode. But I really love the concept of a day that is devoted to not working around the house, not, you know, even not the sort of typical day-to-day entertainment of watching TV or something, but that you really set aside to be with your family. To be bored on a mass. Well, not to be bored, but to be, you know, because obviously I don't do things that are boring to me. But, I know. But I, I, have a, that, I agree. I, I have a very hard time doing that but without like, I the, uh, the sin imperative. And I, I agree. It, it's good for you if you can make yourself do But it. yeah, a day we still pretty much on Saturdays. So hard. We still wake up and we go, like we walk downtown and get You guys breakfast. are good. We yeah. spend the morning mm-hmm. with you know, our child and... Sometimes we'll watch a TED Talk. Sometimes we watch a TED Talk. Just to get our preaching in. I should come spend Sabbath with you guys sometimes. You really should. We 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 don't do do the same things that we would do on an other day that we're home together. It's not in a formal way, but just... Yeah, I, I think I we think talked we, about cleaning the house on Friday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. So to be clear to you guys listening, Sabbath for Adventists is from sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. And so if you grew up in this religion, like you're acutely aware of when the sun sets at various times <laughs> of the year, because there were very few things you were allowed to do on the Sabbath, some of which were fun and some of which you didn't do at other times. But still, it was like... Like, you did nothing all afternoon, and then, like, you were waiting to, like, 5.32 or whenever the sun set. Which so they, they published in the church bulletin. Which they published in the church bulletin, and then so usually... you knew exactly when boredom yeah. was going to start. <laughs> you had some kind of a party on Saturday night. So, like, you were very, very stayed and good for 24 hours from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday. And then often we had some sort of a game night. I mean, it wasn't a party by anyone else's standards, but for an Adventist. Movie night, game movie night. Movie night, game night, you know, something fun. Which is ironic, because Sabbath was supposed to be special, but it was always like... You, count down until it's over. Count down until it's over, and then we had a party oh, when it God, was finally I can't wait until we get out of this <laughs> fucking Sabbath. <laughs> Finally watching goddamn TV. And, it, and it, obviously we grew up not knowing what Saturday morning cartoons were, which no, is a yeah, weird uh-uh. thing. All of my friends would talk about watching cartoons on Saturday morning and be like, what the fuck are you talking I don't know what that is. It sounds so awesome. <laughs> but I right. do like the idea of a day of rest. I do yeah. think that that's a positive thing that I took from Well, I took it as, I, I've, you know, transformed it 
maybe to get away from a day of rest to maybe going to a day where you just kind of are allowed to just let it be where you don't have to fill it with that's a bunch what i of, mean as well a bunch yeah. of tasks you just kind of it's kind of like your freebie you know, your freebie of yeah. the week where you can just chill the fuck out if you want to or you can work if you want to you yeah. can stuff, get, do whatever you yeah. want but it's a day that's just kind of a freebie so you don't have to feel obliged right. to like it's a day set apart. You don't have to feel if you spend the whole day in your underwear playing video games, you don't have to feel bad about that's it. Fine. At the end yeah. Of the day. yeah. I think that that's very mentally healthy and Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for me. And to I do mean, that and that's definitely it. something that I feel like from my childhood that I've grown with and never rejected that concept of having, no, that day is that's mine. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. We can we can blow that one, we can do whatever we want with it. And so that's something that was positive yeah. culturally out of that. I think another positive cultural thing that I brought out of Adventism that's maybe not unique to Adventism, but probably universal to any small congregation, church, any cult, thing, any <laughs> cult. Yeah, sure. Is uh, is the sense of like extended family? Okay. The yeah. Notion, the notion that there are people that exist outside of mm-hmm. your your blood relatives that are mm-hmm. your family—that's probably not unique to Seventh Day Adventism. But I think the way growing how, up in a small community, growing up in a small community, but specifically a community that has such an I- impression of of being ostracized from the rest of it, mm-hmm. like we had such an us versus them mentality mm-hmm. yeah. that we really remained close knit, even not it's just amongst our own congregations. Insular. But amongst the religion in general, like if you met a Seventh-day Adventist mm-hmm. that wasn't part of your church, you still had this closeness and this kinship. And you had I think all these weird things in common. You had all yeah. this weird shared history, right? Like you probably knew a lot of the same people. And I think because of the conference yeah. system, you really did get the same sermons every day. Yeah. So you, you were, had the same, <laughs> the same Sabbath much. school lesson, the same junior guide, <laughs> the same little friend. Yeah. I have Consequently, very, we all have the same trauma. Uh, yeah. I have very mixed feelings about that because you're right. Like your church family, I'm using air quotes, is a concept that I don't think everyone gets exposed to. And I think is really kind of neat because it does it gives you something in common with people that you would not normally befriend right. people that, that you don't share many other interests with. But at the same time, I know people, people in my family who never learned how to make friends right. because yeah. they always had the church family. I remember when I first kind of got out of it, realizing I am socially handicapped. Like I, I need to learn how do you make friends outside of an ad? I mean, that's system. obviously, yeah, that's obviously the flip side of that coin. I think the positive yeah. thing that I took from but, it, yeah, it is, was the concept concept of being open to being intimate with yeah. people outside yeah. of your yeah. family circle. And so it is so it's like the, it's an openness to the intimacy, which is maybe a strange way to phrase it. But but I think that's where it, that, no, that's certainly where that came from. I can remember mm-hmm. my parents inviting people over, complete strangers, somebody who came to church and didn't know anyone and yeah. inviting them over for Sabbath lunch. That's cool. You know, that kind of openness to intimacy with people that you don't really know. And that is a good thing, right? Well, like you say, I mean, or obviously, it has like a the flip good, side. It, it, it certainly a, there's, can there's be. A, it's a coin, and there's two sides uh-huh. of it. And so, obviously, you know, one being very dark and <laughs> the, the, the crippling nature that it causes on the one hand. So I was in my mid-20s before I ever had any close friends that were not Adventists. I can remember making really stupid social missteps at work because... In my previous world, and I'm not a dumb person, I don't think, but like in my previous world, there were certain assumptions that you could make. Yeah. yeah. There were certain ways of thinking or jokes that everyone would get. And right. like, 
that's not true in the wider no, world. No, no, no. That's a habit that, like, yeah, that we had to that we had to bounce out of and overcome. But the positive that I took away from that mm-hmm. negative was this notion of being able to be open to mm-hmm. people and being able to have an extended family. I think a lot of my friends see the types of friendships that we have here and that, I mean, at this table even and friendships that we have out, you know, with other people and a lot of people that I know, like coworkers and stuff don't have that. Mm, that's and they, true. And do you they feel don't like that? understand I think your personality, you were also really good at making friends with people. Like I've made more friends yeah. at you guys house than I have anywhere other than like the podcasting sphere. That's a hobby that I have in common with a lot of people. So I make friends yeah. there and I make friends from work, but like you guys bring people here for Friday night, Alex. I know. Alex. That's I know. I think that's what I mean. Like yeah. I, you are good at that. Well, I think that's something that that I liked. But about you feel like you that, learned that that culture. partially from that culture. Yeah. That makes sense. There's a very open side to that culture. I, I think my family did not engage as much side that. to it as well. But you and have the closed group, which is can be very warm and comforting when you're in it. But you also have the feeling that you can be put out of it, which is not. Right. I mean, like I said, that there's obviously there's obviously some serious negative <laughs> issues about that. But if we're talking about the good things culturally that I think came from that upbringing, I think that has to be. Yeah. We'll have to talk later about some of the other weird Adventist things like how you didn't go to the movies or, you know, <laughs> there are a lot of them, but Don't that covers dance. a few. Um, oh, we didn't even mention not dancing or not moving rhythmically in any way <laughs> we'll have to talk more about weird Adventist but, lifestyle but yeah there are definitely things that that I think are positive and we'll talk about those more too I'm sure you'll see Alex again yeah whenever you guys want me around okay we'll talk more later goodbye do you have a favorite veggie meat <laughs> I actually like chickens. <laughs> I actually bought some a couple days ago, and uh, I remember when I I actually worked at the store at Camp Meeting, and uh, the samples are what sustained me. Um, I love Wham. We've got a few people voting for Wham. Yes, I like Wham, and we when we lived in Los Angeles and would go visit friends that lived in Loma Linda. We loved going to the Melinda Market there, and we called it Veggie Disneyland because we just go in and there's like rows and rows of all these veggie meats, and it's just the weirdest looking store because <laughs> there's no like real meat, and none of the products are normal products in the aisles. They're just all these canned Big Franks, canned Linkettes, canned fried chick. Sounds magical, you know. <laughs> it is quite. And then the frozen area you go through, and it's like the big, huge rolls of the turkey. Oh, turkey, 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 turkey roll. I changed my mind. Yes, roasted turkey roll. That's got to be it. And so so we would go out to this store, and just we go crazy and load up with these (laughs) veggie meats and take them back over to the heathen land hall. (laughs) So they have a section, this little, like, refrigerator of prepared sandwiches, and we would go in there and get these wham sandwiches and it's so embarrassing to say the name to anybody that doesn't know like I'm gonna have a wham sandwich 
That sounds like it's George Michael yes. Danza. It's it so like. funny. <laughs> like, I didn't, I had never it given this like an any thought. Yes. I'm going to be the filling in a way of sandwich. <laughs> I'm going to have a way of sandwich. <laughs> As a once vegetarian and now meat eater, I will say that I still cannot get enough of the Morningstar Buffalo Chicken Tenders. Mm-hmm. I've never had them. They're so no. good. No, I hate them. I love them. Also, <laughs> the Morningstar breakfast patties, the, the little the round ones, those are really, really good. Um, and then if you're trying to make anything with um, like a meat-type dish, like meatloaf or any of that stuff, a combination of both the Morningstar veggie crumbles and... The Mexican store's texturized vegetable protein is a perfect combination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good advice. You can only get it to Spanish, the, the Mexican restaurants, the, like the not like the like like, like the, the market little, or whatever. Like the little Mexican dried markets. Protein. It's so good. Yeah, the dried protein is awesome. <laughs> and then you soak it in water with whatever spices you're gonna. I remember with. doing that as a kid. Yeah. They call it TVP. Yeah. yeah. TVP. Yep. So, like you mix that with the Morningstar stuff because that stuff's expensive. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you can make like meatloaf. Store-bought or homemade? Either one. Uh, my favorite homemade is a Connie Burger, and my favorite store-bought is Wham! on a huge log. Uh, follow-up question. What is your favorite veggie hot dog? I just want to stick a Big Frank in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my favorite store-bought veggie meat is uh, fried chick. I'll take it right out of the can. I'll take it in a dish. My favorite veggie hot dog is obviously, and this is the correct choice for everyone, is Veggie Links. I'm going to start with hot dogs because that's obviously the wrong choice. Linkettes are the best, and everybody knows that. It's a universal fact. Linkettes are the best. My favorite veggie meat would be um, fried chick wrapped in wham with a skewer going through it into a breakfast patty. <laughs> then you put on top of that breakfast links on a bed of stripples. <laughs> that would be my favorite. Top with a little fried chick gravy. Sure. That's I mean, the fried chick's already there, so that would be my single favorite vegetarian meat. And uh, homemade is disgusting. I, I disagree with homemade being disgusting. I, my own... Special K loaf is my favorite oh, that's so good. veggie oh, meat. Yeah. That's also, the best. There's a griller there somehow. Don't leave that out. A griller is part of that equation. I think I eat grillers more frequently than any other veggie meat, but I think my favorite is probably a tie between fry chick and the turkey log. I love the turkey log. I like eating the turkey log just, just, or the wham just log. Just. Mm-hmm. What's oh, your favorite, favorite veggie, veggie meat? meat. Um, Swiss steak? Although it's Ooh, it's so choice. it's just good really ex, it's just so expensive, I, I don't get it steak. often. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Um, you know what? The Swiss steak are really good, but I've never liked their texture as well as the fried chick texture. We also uh, like favorite hot dog. Um, I like them all, but my favorite, I guess, would be Super Links. Super Links. Why wouldn't it just be Linkettes? Super Links are different. He's uh, just trying to be difficult. Different texture, different color. No. They're all different. They're like the big Franks of veggie hot dogs. Except they're small, they're really, right? They are basically smaller. like a big Frank, but they're skinny. No, yeah. Super Links are as big as big Franks. But honestly, for like, they're for, just not for as like delightful joy eating, there is nothing better than a breakfast and patty. Nobody said breakfast leaners. patties are the, are the nobody, number Nobody one. said leanies. For like taste, quality, and deliciousness, <laughs> and how much happiness they give me. <laughs> breakfast patties are the breakfast, winner. Breakfast links are right there with them. They are the same thing, but breakfast patties are the be all end all. Fresh breakfast patties and uh, southern gravy. Yeah. Let me tell you something, hang on, real quick. Oh, okay. If we're super corny, I love, I eat pork like, like I love real meat. 
I love all kinds of real meat. And I love sausage. It's so good. But guess what? Breakfast patties are superior to sausage. It tastes better than sausage. And I love sausage. Except for chorizo. That's an exception. Have you had the maple flavored breakfast patties? Accidentally oh, no. bought them last week. And, they're uh, delicious. <laughs> they're delicious, but I would rather have original with maple syrup. Mm, fair no, enough. I want original, always original. No, I, I, I've had them years ago. They're better now. Years ago, they were bad when they first came out. I swear they changed the recipe. I accidentally bought them literally last week. Okay, speaking of I love the, the maple recipe, flavored one. Today's fried chick is not the fried chick of my youth, no, and it is not tastes, as good. It tastes the same when I No, it is not as good. It's not the same. It's only guess recipes changed. It's way denser. What is your favorite veggie meat? Like the turkey log things that you put on sandwiches. <laughs> I love that too. It, it tastes so good. Do you have a favorite veggie meat? Um, like grillers or <laughs> fried chick or grillers. <laughs> you like just the regular grillers the best? Yes. You like the chick patties? Okay. Have you guys had different kinds of veggie hot dogs before? Uh, like veggie links, big franks, the had, frozen kind. I've had veggie links and big franks. What's your favorite kind of veggie hot dog? Veggie links. <laughs> um. Veggie links. <laughs> I like the veggie links squished up. With like Weird. mayonnaise and pickles. I like like I also like real hot dogs. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to share about your Adventist or fundamentalist experience, we'd love to hear it. You can submit stories on our website at hell.bio. That's H-E-L-L dot B-I-O. Or leave us a voicemail at 301-750-8648. And we might feature it in a future episode. Thanks to Abby and Amy for their original podcast audio. And thanks again for listening. We'll see you on the next one.